All right, back again after a couple weeks off, uh, SWX Podcast, John Collette and Robin Ditch. Uh, Robin, enjoy the break. I mean, I missed hearing your voice, but I guess I get to work with you still, and this isn't the I only mean, context. I our voice sounds could... a little different through this, and it, it's soothing. You know? I try to make Smooth my voice jazz. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's... But <laughs> during that time, something incredible has been happening. Uh, very incredible that you felt like it was going to happen, but you couldn't believe it until it actually happened, and it's actually happening. Yeah, yeah. referring to the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> I think early on it was like, oh, they're playing well, but now right. it's uh, been long enough that like they're consistently playing well. And, and since it's the Mariners, you know who we had to bring in, right? The, Called the bullpen. Of course, yeah. Neil Stover. Yeah, Stover Metrics, Neil Stover, former SWX <laughs> producer, uh, Mariners expert guru. What's up, Neil? Hey, guys. Long time no talk. How are you? Ah, pretty good, man. How are you? I, I feel like you are in better spirits than us. Yeah. I mean, you get to watch uh, this great product every night now. Oh, of course. I am doing great. I'm also staying out here in Fremont with a pair of former HQers and part-time SWXers and Allie Flicker and Gabe Cohen. So no way! Wait, can we please yeah. bring them on at some point in the podcast? <laughs> sure, let me go in and grab them in a little bit. Okay, right. you let us know. I want to get Allie Flicker's thoughts on how the Mariners are doing this yes. year. Um, oh, sure. while, yeah. while your Just perspective is great. Steve, ask her all about Steve Zizek. She loves that topic. <laughs> wait, are you serious? Because we're really going to ask her now. <laughs> No, you should. I enjoy. I will enjoy listening to her response. Uh, okay. I, I I love that we're getting your perspective, but I think now we're more excited for Allie's perspective on the Mariners. Right. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, if anyone, really the, yeah. <laughs> we tried to get Allie and we couldn't, so we got Neil. But now we get both. So it's because right. she had plans with Neil. Yeah, yeah. And Neil forgot about our plans with his plans with us, but it all worked out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I know I want to get into like all the specifics and crazy right. things we've seen early on, but can can I talk to Neil, the fan right now, not Neil, producer, not Neil, uh, sports expert, but just Neil, the Mariner fan? Uh, and uh, let's try it. Okay, let's see what happens. Neil, the Mariner fan. Uh, how nice is it that uh, you know we're a little over a month in now? Uh, your team's not in last place. You haven't lost like ten games in a row. Uh, not Good to mention science. you're on top of the division and you're you're leading the way. Just what is that like, fan perspective? You know, it's fun because it's been so long. I think this is <laughs> the best record the Mariners have had to start the season since 2002. And, and that year they missed the playoffs, but they won 93 games, which is the second most they've ever won in a season. So it's an encouraging start, and it's fun. And I think the thing that about it that makes it great is every year, um, pretty much for the past decade, in the first two months of the season, the Mariners have had some sort of long losing streak that really set them back. Uh, really put them in a deep hole right away. And from there, they were basically clawing back the rest of the year. Even in the good years they've had, they were clawing back and just never really able to get over the hump. And what's fun is that this year they had the five-game losing streak, you know, in the basically mm-hmm. the first week of the season. Right. But since then, they've been playing as good a baseball as anyone in the majors. And so now the fact that they're in first, and hopefully that's the longest losing streak they'll have all year, and they have it out of the way, and they're – on top of the division here in mid-May. Yeah, I want to take you back to that game that they won to end the streak. It had to go all the way to the 10th inning to, to do that, and it really changed a lot of things. And, and the one thing I realized when I watched that game was these are games that we, we wouldn't have won in the past years. Uh, and, and not only that game, but then there's other extra inning games and other games that we've fought back from tough leads and were able to get the wins late. Uh, talk about just being able to see that come to fruition, like just how different the team is when it comes to those type of situations. Yeah, totally. And it's really,
dependent on two facets in particular, the bullpen and the offense this year. And the bullpen, you know, it was such a question mark coming into the mm-hmm. season. We really didn't know what to expect. It was an entirely new bullpen. We didn't know any of those guys, and most of them they were counting on to bounce back from down seasons last year. But they've been, I mean, phenomenal so far this year. They've been outstanding. I know that they blew a save um, on Wednesday, but, you know, the fact that they were still able to shut it down the rest of the way, um, it it got scary at times, but they were able (laughs) to shut it down the rest of the way. And that's really a testament to the bullpen in general. They've they've had a few games this year where they've given up, whether it's a go-ahead home run or a game-time home run or whatever. But for the most part, it's, you know, one hit, and they're not giving up four or five runs a game in those situations. So it still gives your team a chance to come back and win. And the other side of that is the offense, whereas in year pa- years past, you know, the offense, they would score, but then you got to the late in the game, um, whether you were down or whether it was tied. It got late in the game, and it, you kind of got the sense that everyone was just trying to hit a home run. They didn't feel like they could manufacture <laughs> runs late in games. It was just kind of, well, if we're going to win this, it's going to be on the strength of the long ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, they're hitting home runs. I mean, that's the biggest source of their offense right now is the home run. But at the same time, you know that this team is capable of generating a run in extra innings. You know they're capable of coming back from a one- or two-run deficit in the eighth or ninth inning. And that's what's so fun about this team this year. We've seen uh, you know, we've seen Robinson Cano hit the ball of the yard, but then we've seen him hit a double to lead off an inning and then end up scoring on a, a sacrifice fly. And that's a huge um, attribute to have for a team that really hasn't had it in the past couple of years. Well, and even, Neil, when was the last time you used the word fun to describe your Mariner watching experiences? <laughs> well, um, if we're uh, going back to the start of a season, from the start of the season on, it's been a while. I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, that was a fun second half of the season. Yeah, um, right. But even then, they were winning, but they were still, for most of that second half, a decent chunk behind um, the playoff positioning there, so it never really felt like they were in it, even though they ended up finishing just one game out. They really felt like it all came... Um, right. It didn't feel like they had much of a chance to make the playoffs until about that last week of the season, and then you're like, oh, wow, we're actually in this. We have a chance <laughs> yeah. now. So the last that's day, been yeah, right. running well this early in the season. That's a nice change. It's really fun to be a part of. It's fun to see, and it's fun to to see the attitudes that these players have with each other and they really seem to actually genuinely like each other and to like to be around each other and uh, I think that's a testament to Scott Service and Jerry DePoto. They brought in guys and Jerry DePoto has said from the beginning he brought in guys with good attitudes and good personalities that he thought would mesh well with each other and it's really paid off. These, These guys enjoy playing together, they enjoy being around each other and it's paying off in the win column so that's awesome. And, and people might not know this, but in the past month and a half, two months, you've traveled with the team a lot, and you've been around that team, uh, not just in the locker room, not just you know it, during the game uh, atmosphere, but you've been around them when it's outside of the game. So I feel like you have the best perspective of, of them actually enjoying each other's company. I mean, I saw a bunch of videos, one where I think it was Felix Hernandez, Cattell Marte, uh, and... Nelson Cruz and then Adam Lynn shows up and they just <laughs> lose it when Adam Lynn pops up into the video. I mean, I just feel that, like, like you said, it's just different. They, they, the attitude is so great this year. Yeah, it is, and it, it very much shows when you're around them. I mean, it's not like they're constantly doing everything together. Right. And it's, 
it's not like I mean, there's still I'm sure clicks within the team. I don't know specifically what those clicks are. I'm sure there are still clicks within the team sure. as far as who they go and do stuff with. But it's also not a situation where those clicks don't intersect. They don't mesh at all. Um, you might be doing something with, you know, one group of guys one day and then a completely different group of guys the next. And it just seems like everyone on this team seems to get along. You know, they're whether it's, you know, hanging out on the plane together or um, after a loss, you know, they're all sitting there eating together. It's not like they're all doing their own thing, sulking in a corner in their locker. Like, that's what's really cool, I think, about this team is that they seem to get it. It's not living and dying on every win and loss. It's They realize it's a marathon, and the more they get along, the better they get along, um, the better chemistry they'll have. And I'm not a huge believer uh, in team chemistry really being a huge impact on wins and losses, but I do think that it can only help a team to have a good chemistry, and I think that's been the case with the Mariners this year where they – they want to go out and do it for their teammates because they like being around them and they want to, you know, they want to go win this thing. All right, two-part question for both Robin and Neil. I'm going to share mine too. But <laughs> all right, favorite new Mariner based on what we've seen the, the past five, six weeks. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about my favorite, which I also want you guys to hear about. Uh, Deho Lee, how awesome is that guy? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, not just because he hits home runs, uh, and not that he has many, but he's had some timely hits and great moments for the Mariners already. But, like, big old dude, like, his body <laughs> composition alone, like, feel like fans can relate to. Big like, not, leg kick. Yeah, big leg <laughs> kick. Not the fittest guy, but, you know, he's out there and he's jogging around second after he jacks one. You know, tummy's kind of moving, too. Uh, he's such, like, a level character, and it feels like the fans have really embraced him. Neil, I guess both of you guys, what do you think about Dejo and even just the start he's had? And what's it like there in Seattle for, for fans rooting on Dejo? I know they got the Dejo. And then you got yeah, Bejo exactly. um, oh, as yeah. well, and then you have uh, De Holy Grail. I mean, the guy is just a. I mean, he's the kind of character you just feel like the whole team roots for. I mean, How can this you guy's not? out yeah. of the U.S. He comes into the Mariners and just makes a huge splash. He brings in cool sunglasses for his teammates. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. What do you, or yeah, what do you think? Is, you know? Yeah. He's an easy personality. He's an easy character for the fans and the players here to cling on to. And I think. You know, no one really knew what to expect from him. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how well his Korean stats or his Japanese league stats would translate to the major leagues. And, um, you know, that's still a little bit up in the air. Clearly the power is translated um, over here. That's worked out well. He's been hitting the ball well outside of the power, too. Um, so it seems to be encouraging. But really, like you said, it's his personality that really right. makes him a fan favorite over here. And he's really, you know, if you're around this team at all, you notice just how much everyone loves being around him. It's, you know, it's not just uh, we like him because he's hitting a home run for us. They, he brings this personality that lightens up the whole clubhouse. And he's just a, a pleasure to be around. He, you know, he's improving, improving his English constantly. Um, and he makes an effort to it also. Uh, he really, you know, is trying to fit in with everyone and to be that character that he, he seems to be. I mean, everything that you right. see when you watch him play, that's how he is in person, too. And, and it is fun. It's, he's a, a nice presence in the clubhouse full of good presences. Um, and so he's a, he's a good fit with the team. I'm happy to see him doing well because they really needed that position to be productive this year 
Yeah, and like you said, we didn't even know if he'd make the roster. Yeah. I mean, it was between him and Jesus Montero, who had a electrifying AAA uh, right. at the end of the and season. And I think what's interesting is that, uh, you know, Dejoli so far in the first month and a half has really kind of been what everyone was hoping Jesus Montero could right. become yeah, that's a good point. Um, once his initial start kind of worn off. They were kind of hoping he would be this right-handed platoon bat at first base that could hit home runs and occasionally get on base other ways. And that's what Dejoli has been doing. And so um, basically they've been getting the production out of the position they were hoping to get. It may not have been from who they were hoping to get it from, but he's been an, he's been a great addition to that team. I, not to call it your company, Neil, but I feel like every time I watch a game en route and Dejo hits a home run, like cut away immediately of service, giving like somebody a high five, like service is jacked any time. Uh, and, and there was one specific situation, I think when he left him in, what was it, a righty-lefty kind of matchup, mm-hmm. kept rolled the dice with Dejo and then paid off. Mm-hmm. Like that time it's totally made sense. But uh, every time, like service is just jacked right. uh, every time that guy goes deep. Yeah, it is. And you mentioned it. Scott Services done it a few times this year. They've really paid off for the most part. It's always been a strictly right-left platoon. So the righty pitchers coming in, they'll let Adam Lynn hit. There's a lefty pitcher, they'll let Dejo uh, hit. But he's had a couple specific moments this year where he's let Dejo hit against a righty. He's let Lynn hit against a lefty. And in at least two of those, probably less than five times that's happened this year, they've resulted in home runs. So something about Scott Service, you know, He's he's told us that he has reasoning behind it. It's not just a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. He does have um, some statistics to back it up. But he seems to be pushing all the right buttons so far, and Dejo has obviously been one of them. Yeah, and one of my favorite Mariners this year so far has been Chris Iannetta, and I think a lot of people see the upgrade. I know the average isn't there, but the on-base percentage is what's been huge for me. And, and that has been such a big difference from Zanino to Chris Iannetta, just being able to get on base yeah. and give opportunities to, to all the other players to drive him in. But when I first thought of it, I, I, I was going to miss Zanino's defense, but Iannetta has been playing incredible behind the plate. I mean, yeah. he, if not the same level of defense of Zanino and just m- more experience, you can just tell that he's just very comfortable back there. And then he doesn't have to think, about being at the plate and defense, just like Zunino. I think that's that kind of got in Zunino's head. And Chris Iannetta has just been so solid behind the plate, and yeah. he's been great. That's, that's in my opinion, been my favorite Mariner addition so far. Yeah, I think that was definitely the biggest upgrade on the team, right. too. I mean, they had to do something in that position. And and it's it's for Mike Zunino's benefit. This team still has high hopes for Mike Zunino. They still think he's their catcher of the future, and he's been you know, just crushing the ball in AAA, which is a good sign. He needed to go down and get his confidence back, and they need to not have to rush him. They need to let him continue to develop, not just bring him up because he's hit the ball well for a month. And so that's where Chris Iannetta has been so huge. And to a a smaller extent, Steve Clevenger, too, because if Steve Clevenger wasn't performing um, as a backup catcher, then you would need to consider bringing Zanino up and, and filling that void. But Steve Clevenger has been a solid backup. And Chris Iannetta has been, like you said, he's been great this year. Behind the play, at the play, he's been a huge upgrade. And I think yesterday he had his first pass ball of the season, and I think that might have been the first pass ball the Mariners have had all year. And that's, you know, they were one of the last, I think, like three teams or so in baseball to not, not have it. a pass ball. <laughs> um, so, and if you just watch him, he's made huge save after huge save, stopping a ball from going to the backstop, you know, knocking out a ball in the dirt they um 
there's still room for improvement, I think, at times with throwing out base stealers, but even that, they've been very solid in doing it. You know, last I've seen, it's been a couple of days now, but they were in the top half of the baseball and throwing out base dealers. So it's not like that's been a problem. Um, I think a lot of it will have to do with the pitchers doing a better job of holding on base runners because there are a lot of teams trying to steal right now against the Mariners. Um, so if their pitchers do a good job holding them on and give their catchers a chance to throw them out, I mean, the catcher position has just been so solid this year for the Mariners. And they that's, you know, probably one of the biggest reasons for their success this year is having production out of that position. I think for me, if yeah. I was going to give you guys a favorite do, yeah, player, um, I would probably cheat a little bit. I would go with a guy who was actually out at the end of last year, and that was Cattell Marte. Uh, he's just we'll give you credit for that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been lights out lately. He's he had he struggled the first couple weeks of the season this year, and it um, was a little concerning. But he's figured that all out, and he has just been doing exactly what he did in the last year. It seems like last year he came up and had you know two doubles per game. It seemed like every game he was seen on base multiple times, and he's starting to do that again this year, and it's been really huge for that offense because once he's on base, that guy is electric, and he can. He can steal a base. He can steal second. He can steal third. We saw him go first to home on a single yeah, earlier this year. Great. I mean, he just is everything you want on the base pass. Um, and he, he has a little bit of – Scott Service has talked about this too. That he has a little bit of that, that swag on the base pass that kind of, you know, makes the pitcher a little nervous. He gets him thinking about him, and if there's a better chance then that the pitcher makes a mistake down the middle of the play because he's worried about the base runner. So, Cattell Marte's been huge. His defense has been improving. He was having a problem earlier in the year with kind of the routine play. He can make the spectacular play. He was having a problem with the routine play, um, but he's cleaned that up significantly since the start. And aside from him, if I'm going a true newcomer, <laughs> um, I would probably give credit, you know, to a guy who probably doesn't get the credit he deserves, and that's Leonis Martin. And I think that's because most people look at the batting average and think, you know, that's he's struggling and there's no denying the fact that he uh, is not where he wants to be when it comes to his hitting but his defense in center field has been spectacular this year he is getting to everything and he is exactly what the Mariners have needed in an outfielder at Safeco Field because there's so much ground to cover there and in the past they haven't been getting that coverage by their outfielders and so having Leonis Martin out there with the rocket arm so no one's going to try and stretch it from first to third on a hit to him or go second to home if he gets the ball in quickly because he has such a strong arm and he can cover so much ground that he's been such an important piece of that defense and that pitching staff. And I think that's really one of the reasons why you're seeing this pitching staff excel this year. Yeah, and, and when you watch Martin out there, it really reminds me of Franklin Gutierrez in his prime mm-hmm. when he was healthy. I mean, he, he was the captain in the outfield, and we had some good years with Gutierrez because – he was able to eliminate a lot of those extra base hits with how quick he was able to jump to the ball and hold runners just like Martin. So it really, it looks it looks just like it when they when he's out there. It really reminds me of Gutierrez. Right, and I think the added advantage is that I think Leonis Martin is faster than mm-hmm. Goody ever was, and he has a much stronger arm than Goody ever did. And so that combination just makes you all the more deadly as an outfielder. And Goody was a phenomenal center fielder when he was in his prime before all the injuries. Right. He was great. He got great reads on the ball. 
he was quick, he was fast, and he would make outstanding plays. And I think Leonis Martinez doing the same thing with the added benefit of a little extra speed and a stronger arm. All right, Neil. Well, when we talked to you before the season, we threw a bunch of weird questions at you, kind of, you know, what do you think about this? What about this? Yeah. Um, but I want to go to what you ended our conversation on first. Uh, you, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said Robbins could know MVP candidate would win the MVP. Somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think I said top five. Top yeah. five. And uh, so yeah. far, I mean, so good. I, you're looking <laughs> like a genius. Uh, how good is it? Did he talk to Robbie and say, hey, I put myself on the line. Can you really step it up he this really year? He really just help a guy out. Is he just, a, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's affirming what you believed in him all along? Or is it, I guess this is the canal people were expecting when he signed that contract, right? Or at least what yeah, we're seeing I'll, in a month in. Well, I'd like to think that he was going to, you know, throw a little money my way as a result of being the reason he's doing it. <laughs> really so inspired well. me, the confidence in him. I could be a percent of my yearly salary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Dang but, it. you know, if, if he wants to, I won't complain. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I think, that, I think the thing we're seeing with Robbie is that he's just finally healthy after last year. I think last year people started to write him off because, they thought it was just his decline. They thought he was aging. But the reality is he was injured all season last year with one thing or another. And, I mean, you try going out there and playing with a double hernia. And tell me how easy it is to hit 300 yeah, with no 30 you. home runs. I don't want to walk with a double happen. hernia. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think we're seeing that Robbie is, you know, finally healthy. He's doing the things he was doing in New York. He's killing the ball every time yeah. he hits the ball now. Uh, even early in the season, he was kind of rolling over on a lot over to in the first base side, um, whether in the first baseman or the second baseman over there. Uh, but now he's he's just blistering the ball in all parts of the field, and it's pretty fun to watch. If you you know a website that uh, some of your listeners might want to check out, it's called Baseball Savant, and it's a great website for tracking Statcast data. Mm-hmm. But I was on there the other day looking at Robbie's hit chart. And it, it's just all over the field. I mean, even his home runs, he's, he's sprayed around the field. And it's fun to watch because this is what you expected out of him. And it's fun that when he comes to the plate now, you just kind of expect him to do something good with it, whether it's a home run or a double or just a sharp single somewhere. He's doing the things that we thought he could do, and he's doing them consistently. And he's, you know, there was a lot of talk last year that his defense wasn't very good anymore. Like, he couldn't, right. you know, get to balls. But, I mean, that's proven to be not the case, too. That's proven to be that it was just um, an issue with his injuries because he wasn't able to, you know, bend down and pick up as many balls as he was before or anything because his defense this year has been spectacular. He's been getting to everything, and he makes the play up the middle better than any second baseman I've ever seen in my life. So, he is fun to watch both sides of the ball, and he's been really the reason this team is thriving offensively right now. Yeah, him and Marte have been incredible. I mean, they've turned some great double plays that we haven't really seen since Jose Lopez and Yuneski Betancourt. I mean, it, the, the chemistry there is just so great. You can tell that Robinson Cano's taken Marte under his wing. And, and you talk about the, the hitting chart. I think what teams are now saying, we well, can't really shift on Robinson Cano. I mean, they were doing it last year. Because, like you said, he was injured, he, and I don't think you know he had as much control as he wanted to. And now he's just hitting it everywhere. And teams are, you know, now they're like, "What? What do we do? This guy's gonna hit it anywhere he wants now." Just walk him. Yeah, doing the Bryce I mean, Harper. Just that's walk gonna him. happen soon. Yeah, and you know, it, it, maybe they should do that. The problem is Nelson Cruz right. <laughs> as well as he's capable of hitting. And so if he starts to heat up, and he's he's shown signs of it lately, um, he's hitting the ball harder lately. 
Um, and so if you start walking Robinson Cano and you have to get to Nelson Cruz, who last year put up MVP type offensive numbers uh, for the Mariners in, a, in an obviously down year, then you're playing with fire a little bit because you have Nelson Cruz there, then you have Kyle Seeger, Who's and then if Adam up, Lind right. or Dejo Lee, whoever's in the lineup, if Adam Lind starts getting back to just his career normal levels, that's a deep lineup, and you're playing with fire to put someone on base ahead of those guys. All right, and we asked you another question, but I'm not going to tell you what the question is. I'm going to give you a stat line, and you're going to guess who this guy is, okay? He <laughs> okay. is, this year, he's a pitcher. He is 0-1 with a 0.00 ERA in 13 games, or excuse me, 14 games, has 10 saves and 13 strikeouts. Who am I talking about? you got to be Steve Ciszek, right? Fernando oh, Rodney. Oh, no. oh, trick. I was like, wait, I was going to say that didn't make sense because the ERA was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, you probably thought okay. Mariner. You're probably how, thinking Mariner. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that. I, was, I was like, he's the only one with 10 saves. So. <laughs> Tell me him. How yeah. crazy is that? I, 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 um, it is crazy, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really happy for Fernando Rodney. I think by all accounts, he was a likable guy. He was the guy who was always willing to come on and talk after he blew a save. Um, he never hid from the media. Right. Everyone respected him. And he's been a great reliever for his whole career. So I think that everyone here is excited and happy for Fernando Rodney. Um, obviously, <laughs> the Fernando Rodney experience right. is something that, you know, some people didn't necessarily want to experience right. again this year. Um, but I think that we're all happy for the fact that he's been so good for them. And he, he has just the maybe the best changeup in all of baseball. And so if the fact that he's been able to make that work, it's a great thing. So everyone should be happy for him. And, and he's not even, I would say there's a top three going for ex-Mariner of the year so far this year. You've got Mark Trumbo, who is hitting the yeah. hide off the ball in, in Baltimore, which is absurd. And then you have Jay Happ, who returned to Toronto after we got him from Toronto, and he went to the Pirates. And he's having a phenomenal year as a starter there. It's just... It's funny to see that the curse, no matter how well the Mariners yeah, do, they, it's still It's never happened before, right? <laughs> players left Seattle and played really well afterwards. That's, that's not a thing, right? And I think that just goes to show that, you know, maybe last year's team was built pretty well after all, mm -hmm. and it just went everything kind of going against them because there was no reason to think going into last year that that team was going to be as bad as they ended up being. They had good pieces. They brought back a lot of people from the year before. That's point. And that's just kind of the volatility of baseball, where one year you might struggle, but it might be a fluke year. And unfortunately, a lot of those fluke years happened in the same year for the Mariners. Um, but I think that's a credit you know, to Jack Sorensic. I think that he had built that team um, better than it resulted in mm -hmm. last year, and some things went against him. And you know, hopefully that leads to some job down the road for Jack because I think that he had the right idea for a lot of his tenure here. He kind of got away from his initial plan, which was the pitching and defense, kind of went more for the power. I think that Jerry DePoto has done a great job of building the Mariners for where they play, for the division they play in, um, and I think that it's paying off for the Mariners. But I don't think that looking back on it, Jack Sorensic's plan was so far off. Um, because you see, you see guys like, and Mark Trumbo probably wouldn't be putting up those same numbers at Safeco Field because you know yeah. Camden Yards is a bit of, of a bandbox. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna hit well there, but you know, good for him. He's hitting the ball hard. I think he has like the second highest exit velocity and average exit velocity in all of baseball right now. So these guys deserve 
the good things that are happening to them, and it's good to see. Um, but I, I guess I would say not a lot of Mariner fans are probably too upset with the replacements the Mariners have brought in instead of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Neil, you've been doing great. We always appreciate you. Um, can we get Allie Flicker for some quick insight? And while you're maybe have to track her down or wherever she's at, uh, what what has been your coolest story, or, like, I guess, that you could share with us about being on the road with the Mariners? Um, let's see. Coolest story. Give me a second to think about that. Um, I mean, it's just been fun in general to be able to go all those places. Sorry if you're hearing the blinds rattle behind me. <laughs> no, um, this is this is live. Think, this is real life. Live podcasting. This, this is, is it. How, how it works. Yeah. First time you guys had me on, you got the uh, birds coming <laughs> oh, yeah. in, and now you get now you get the the blinds. And um, but yeah, no, I'd say my I'd say the coolest thing is just kind of seeing all the different baseball stadiums. Um, I obviously have a lot to go to still, so <laughs> I'm not that far in, but. Um, I really enjoyed Minute Maid Park in Houston. I thought that was a fun one. Um, I, you know, last year got to go to Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, which is yeah. probably my favorite non-Safeco Field stadium. Mm-hmm. So just being able to go to all these places that you've grown up seeing on TV, that's probably the coolest part. Well, let me track down Allie one second here. No worries. We'll um, until and, then. and while you do that, yeah, I was going to say, well, Phil, I, I, I just, it's just so much fun now. I mean, uh, you look at this team and – and the, they're just having fun. And last year they had fun, but it's a lot more fun when you're winning. I, I think that's, oh, yeah. that's the biggest difference. Well, yeah, and to start out that way, I, mean, I remember hearing Lloyd McClendon saying, you know, he was going to kind of let the reins loose and then tighten him up towards the end, and then it was too late to really mm-hmm. make a run, even if that made a difference. So just to see them get out to the start they're, they're at already is huge. And even just, it's fun to talk to Mariner fans, and they're excited. They, right. like, they want to talk about the Mariners. It's not like, oh, and, goodness. But, but there's a part of me as a Mariners right. fan is – I, I don't know, like, you're, you you see it, the eye test, it, it all works out, they can sustain it, but you have this, you know, it's still this feeling in the back of your head, yeah, yeah, that we're only a month and a couple weeks in, so I, I, I believe this is a team that is going to make a run, definitely late in the season, I just... I, it's just you know it's a, there's always that Maintain. thought. I mean, it's been so long. You just you just gotta take it one game at a time as a fan. You know you yeah. can't you can't think too far ahead. All right, Neil, how are we doing over there? To, good. My encouragement, really quick, to Mariner fans is to enjoy this. There right. Exactly. Any good to sit there and fear that the collapse is coming because you know that what that's not the point of being a fan. What fun is that? You know, enjoy the good times while you can. And speaking of Mariner fans, <laughs> oh, here she comes. This is Allie the moment Flicker we've been waiting for. On making her SWX. <laughs> well, this is big time, yeah. yeah. Allie, here you go. Go M's, hello. Go. Hey, hey Pumper. What's up, Allie? <laughs> hey, Pumpers. How are you? Uh, not Good. Too bad. Uh, Neil wanted us to ask you about your thoughts on just how Steve Ciszek's been doing this year for the Mariners. Steve Ciszek. <laughs> That's how he's been doing. I've been to one Mariners game, and he had a full two-minute song play when he came up to the mound. It was amazing. (laughs) They they played a full two minutes, and it was just like, you know, intense shots of him. And then the announcer would go, Steve (laughs) Ciszek! It was great, so I'm his new number one fan. Um, we we got to start, like, a Twitter campaign so you guys can meet. Yeah, that's the next thing. I think that would be a great, great time. Nice to meet you, Steve <laughs> Ciszek. If you tweet it, I'll retweet you. Oh, that's, that's all I have. Retweet for. game. Um, 
So you went to your first Mariners game. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of Safeco? I know Neil and I have built it up to be such a uh, such a great place, but I feel like it lived up to it. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah, it was super cool. I went on opening night, correct, Neil? Yeah, I was there on opening <laughs> night. It was very cool. There you go. Um, it was a beautiful night just to see, like, the Seattle skyline in the background. Yeah, it was really cool. And so you're officially a Mariner fan now, it I, sounds like? I am a Mariners fan. In addition, I'm, I'm from New York, as you both know, so I will always be a Yankees fan. And I'm, I'm sorry, that's just how it's going to be. But <laughs> I have loved rooting for the Mariners while I'm over here as well. So, so while you're in Seattle, are you a bigger Mariners fan? I'll root for fan? the Mariners. There it is. Oh, that's okay. the, so we'll keep you there forever. Watch out. Is that what, right. what you're saying? I'll root, I'll root for everyone a little bit. <laughs> and I'll watch Root there you go. Double win. Wow. You're too bad you can't watch SWX, SWX anymore. SWX okay. when I can. Okay. There you go. No, Good I'll answer. Watch SM. I'll watch them both. <laughs> Good answer, Allie. I have to just say I'm honored to be on this podcast Well, right it's. Now. I, didn't, I didn't totally expect it tonight, but I'll take it. It just felt right. It just it felt did. like we needed to have you on. Uh, it also, we need to have Gabe Cohen on. Is he near your vicinity as well? Uh, he's close by. Hold on a second. I'll give you... Hold on a second. We'll find him. This is standing by. This is so elevator music. Oh yeah, so nostalgic. It feels like the whole gang trip down KHQ memory lane. <laughs> just what a year ago, we were all together. Right. What are you? In the Mariners team. What your makes? The funny thing is, Neil. This is actually Neil's ringtone that he's singing right now. That is my ringtone. Is it phone ringing or is Neil singing? You don't know. You know the problem with having that for a ringtone is when I would wake up to that as my alarm. I would never actually turn it off. I would just let it keep replaying over and over. It's so, just so like the, the way you want to start your day. Yeah, exactly. Air exactly. baseball. Hey, look Sponsored by Coca-Cola. only Gabe Cohen. Here you go. Hello, hello. Hi, long time listener, what? first time caller. Oh, Gabe, thank you so much for calling in. I Gabe. appreciate that. Uh, how jacked are you that Bartolo Colon hit a home run? Mets uh, fan. You know what? It's about time the big fella <laughs> had his moment. Uh, I know as a, a longtime baseball fan, I've really waited 20-plus uh, years for this. Now I can die a happy man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I asked Allie this. You went to your first Mariners game this year at Safeco. What do you think? One out of ten. Give me a rating. Well, Oh, I thought I thought Randy Johnson was supposed to pitch, so <laughs> I gave her pitch? a really low rating. He probably, I he probably was scratched. Um, was where's Griffey scratched. at? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it, it, was it was a great field. I, I would give it a very very positive rating. I, I, and we're going. <laughs> uh, yes, I, we're going to the game on Saturday. Nice. Should be good. Uh, but yeah, I think Safeco is one of the the nicest fields I've ever been to. How does it compare to? Is it City. MetLife? City? City Field. City Field. That's, yeah. that's MetLife is. is where the Jets play. <laughs> and MetLife is a massive blimp that flies over major no, sporting uh, events. MetLife, yeah, MetLife is a blimp. So. <laughs> it's not insurance. That's it's right. Blimp. So it's more spacious. Um, uh, it, you know, City Field, I think it's a little more like corporate and commercial. Uh, there's a video game area in the outfield, which frankly... I'm not a parent yet, and I can't speak for them, but if my child ever tells me they want to go play video games when I take them to a baseball game, I'm going to write them a bill for the ticket. Um, You're going to have to so work this off I, with you. Right, Your allowance exactly. is mine. I, I, want, I want a field where I can get a hot dog, 
and uh, enjoy enjoy the game in an intimate setting. So it sounds and like Safeco Field screams intimacy. Mm, that's what I like to intimate hear. Intimate moments at Safeco Field. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Gabe, real quick, what's going to happen if the Mariners and Mets are in the World Series with you and your roommate Neil Stover? Uh, Neil and I have already decided we're going to bulk up in advance and fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, tell, and tell the team and, that it, it's like a you know it's like a, what do you what, I don't even know what it's called when you put up a fighter to represent you so that the teams oh, okay. don't have to play the series uh, they're not so going to play the series just, you guys will decide the world series I wish I could tell you what that's called <laughs> I haven't watched enough Game of Thrones apparently. yeah yeah you need to get that term down I don't know either or, <laughs> we'll work on that right. and Allie is representing the Yankees if they can make it back Right? She's part of the agreement as well. Yeah. That, yeah. She'll uh, win, though. That's a Trump Allie card. Allie fights dirty, so <laughs> she won't be invited. Well, uh, Gabe, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we uh, miss you, man. Thanks yes. for joining us. Uh, miss you guys. You were Glad fantastic. to hear that uh, there's still some fun over in Eastern Washington. Yeah, we're still fun. Always fun. Can we talk to Neil real quick before we go? I feel like I'm like on the phone with, like, <laughs> yeah. can you pass the yeah. phone around? Yeah. This is Grandpa calling. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, here's Stove Money 96. <laughs> Hi, Neil. We're gonna to have to wrap it up, but this has maybe been the most memorable yes. SWX podcast we've had in quite yes. some time. Yeah, um, I'm glad that your podcast has now evolved into just a conversation among <laughs> five different friends. Four people are gonna love this podcast. Yes. Yeah, maybe exactly. six with our parents. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. But hey, tell Spokane High for all of us. We'll do. We all love it. We all miss it. Uh, yeah, we definitely will. I'll go around to everyone I see. Neil says he misses you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Kevin says hi, that. by the way. Never Neil. heard of him. Yeah, Kevin yeah. says hello as well. <laughs> hi, Kevin. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Um, hopefully, we we keep continuing this conversation because that means good things are happening throughout yeah. the year. Because I, I want this to be sustained, and and maybe come October, who knows? Who knows? That that would yeah. be a great sign. Robert just jinxed it, but Neil, uh, hopefully, we're talking <laughs> to you soon. Yes, and I'm sorry for the circus going on in the background. It would only be a Neil conversation with something weird happening in the exactly. background. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> All right, Neil Silver, right. uh, Mariner thanks, Guru, guys. thanks for joining us and uh, founder of the SWX Podcast. Uh, that'll do it for this week. Robin, let's be back at it next week. We'll have something new up our sleeves, but uh, that'll do it for now. We'll see you next time. Go Lambs.